Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good, man. How we doing? I am good. I feel like this episode, we're just gonna, this is just gonna be us talking about how much money we've lost over the last year in stocks. <laughs> Although we do have the receipts from how much money we made before we lost it. Oh my God, we're the good old days really good where we were just texting each other. Did you see how high helium got today? Did you see how high helium got today? We're going to have to frame some of those and, and put them on the wall. I know. You just you can't really look at the stocks unless they're going up and you're making a ton of money. There was, there was a point in November where if I just cashed out, I could have paid for business school and not had any more loans. And, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're going to talk about stock picking, maybe some cryptocurrency picking, not investment advice, obviously our investment advice so far, as you may have just heard, you wouldn't do very well with it anyway, but it's, <laughs> we shouldn't even take our own investment. But yeah. Not investment advice. But we're going to do something a little bit different this episode and kind of talk through, I think now is a really good time considering everything is down so much, both just in, in general, specifically the technology sector, which also creates a good opportunity to invest if you have conviction around something. Yeah. And I also, I don't know about you, Matt, but like I have, I haven't spent a lot of time recently looking into stocks or, or crypto as much as I used to. I think part of it, like you said, like you look when it's going up and when it's going down, like I just ignore yeah. it and work on other things. But now is a good time to look into it and it can create conviction around something. It's a really good time to invest. That's hopefully we'll get out of this chat. Yeah, totally agree. Also selfishly, I haven't had a paycheck in two and a half years. So this is the first time that I'm actually thinking about taking money that I have and investing it. So selfishly, I just want to start researching companies. For me, this episode is more of a, here are companies that I'm interested in and would like to research further to see if I actually want to invest in them. And I'm going to test out some like very high level theses around you, around them for you and see mm -hmm. what you think. But yeah, it's more for me to just start thinking about what would I potentially want to start researching. And then hopefully by next week or a couple of weeks from now, I actually start putting some money to work. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what? How do you think about if you're making an investment, is there, is there a certain like way you think about, okay, this is the thesis I have. This is why I want to invest. Are there certain criteria about a company that, that you're always going through to say, okay, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. Or is it more on a case by case basis? I'm curious how you think about it. Yeah. I just spend all my weekend time building DCF models and seeing what comes out. No, it's more like sometimes they'll either, I would say it's very case by case. Sometimes it's, and usually it's not based on a lot of very rigorous hard data, which is maybe bad, maybe good, but it's usually based around some thesis about how I think the world is going to trend and then companies that fit into that thesis. So like, for example, a couple of years ago when we were talking about Peloton and when we invested at, I think we got in at $40, right? When it was running up a couple of years ago, we were thinking like COVID's going to be here to stay at home. Fitness is a thing that we think is going to happen and is now going to be accelerated by COVID, we think the company is going to take off. And absolutely worst case scenario, if they were to sell their content library for to Amazon or whoever at the time, Netflix, they could probably have sold it for at least the market cap at the time, which was about $8 billion, which is actually why, Seth, I'm curious for you, do you think Peloton's a good buy right now? The market cap is $3 billion, a little under three. I still think that all those things hold true. And... The love of the brand hasn't really gone away. It's mostly still just supply chain issues and management issues. But that was one company I was thinking about is, am I going to kick the tires on Peloton again and actually put some money to work there? You're like an addict. 
Sammy in the background is like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, she says that she hopes it goes up because she has a lot of money in Peloton still. She okay. never sold. <laughs> Diamond hands. Diamond hands. <laughs> Diamond hands. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's think about Peloton. The thing that I would be curious about that I haven't looked into is has growth like significantly, obviously it's slowed since COVID, but like, how does it compare to even pre-COVID? I'd be curious like are people still buying peloton has the churn potentially increased at all now that COVID is trending downwards and people are going towards other forms of exercise like i agree with you that even before COVID, peloton was a great company peloton people still wanted to use pelotons i will say one differentiator between before COVID and now is there's probably more competition for peloton than there was before so kind of some things i'm thinking about off the cuff no, I think you're right to think about those things. And they're, I honestly, I'm trying to pull it up behind the scenes, but I don't have yeah, them right at the moment. Quarterly result. Because I think you're right on all accounts. Like one, there's a lot more competition. There's tonal, mirror, like all these new, the row machines, like all these new machines that people could get. Also, there's new competition that didn't exist during COVID of you can now go to a gym and a lot of people want to, and they want the social camaraderie. Let's see. Q4 shareholder letter. Let's see. I'm looking at, I'm just reading their letter from Barry. Q4 results, declining revenue, negative gross margin, deeper operating losses. It's not great. Great. Reduced cash flow burn. Oh my God. It's down another 80% today. 80? 80? 8. 8. Yeah. I think all the things I believed when it was at $40, though, I still believe at the current price. That's why I'm wondering, do I buy? I think the thing is that also, do you really think management is like, is it the right manage? Do you believe in management that they're going to be able to turn this back into a 20 or $30 billion market cap compared to other companies that you would be able to put your money in? Yeah. And also do I believe in the current strategy? So they're shifting to, they're shifting away from, we want to build our own hardware to, we want to either provide our hardware as a platform for other companies to be able to sell their content on, mm. or we want to like, we, we don't really think the hardware is going to be differentiated, which I agree with them. If you think about yeah, I agree. disruption theory, like there was probably the threat of low end disruption of a lot of companies being able to come in and say, Hey, we have a bike that's just as good as Peloton's and we can integrate the experience. So you can just take your Peloton content and we'll figure out a way to basically have the exact same experience, but on a $300 bike. I think that was totally coming. So I think that the strategy of shifting away from differentiated hardware and software is probably smart. Yeah. I guess the question is, is there enough value in the software that they sell such that I believe that the price is right for the business? Like I, I more so believe actually that the price is just too low for Peloton than I do believe that this is like a 50 or $100 billion uh, company. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I think I tend to agree. I think the streaming, the idea of, okay, can they add how many streaming subscribers can they add? And there is a ton of value in that. Makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, I think what I would do for homework is look at that, look at those numbers, look at the streaming numbers and try and gain conviction on where I think the streaming numbers could be in the future. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, I'm going to do some yeah. research for next week. But yeah. this is in the maybe pile for me. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, uh, Jimmy, what are you thinking? All right, I'm going to, the one that I've been thinking about the most now of investing a little bit more in is is Helium because it's now down to below $4. And 
I've been trying to figure out like why is the market reacting this way? I think there's a few things that that I can see. And then the reason I'm interested is because I don't think that these are legitimate reasons for the stock to go down or the for the coin to go down. Something else I've been thinking about cryptocurrency is I think I'm wondering if the market is more inefficient than the stock market in the sense that there is more opportunity to find mispriced assets. Not that there isn't mis obviously there's mispriced assets in this in the stock market too, but that's something just another thread to potentially go down. So there's been a couple of things. One, I think that people are there's been some discussion online about how helium has no real usage usage on the platform and as a result like it's worthless and it'll never become anything and it's a scam and that's the messaging that's going around and i think that the people who are saying that don't actually understand what helium is and they probably like they don't understand like We've known the whole time that the first of all, like the LoRaWAN network, which is what they're saying, there's no usage on. Like the whole point is that it takes time to build out this network. They are building out the supply side, and then the demand side is going to come after. It's also a new, completely new network. Like it's going to take more than one year for this thing to actually get a lot of usage. So that's not anything that surprised me. Look, if it's five years from now and there's no usage on the LoRaWAN network, then I would say, okay, like. It's been some time and they haven't been able to make this work. But as of now, like, I think things are pretty much on track. Like the supply side has grown exponentially. And I think the demand side will grow and there will be usage on the network. The other thing is like, I think people are discounting that 5G is going to bring real data onto the network soon. And these are all like, this is something that didn't even exist in the investment thesis, like a year ago or two years ago, because there wasn't. It was so much further out, whereas now they made so much progress and are actually deploying 5G hotspots. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an announcement at some point in the next few months with another wireless carrier that they've partnered. So I think that there's going to be a lot of good news there. And then I think a catalyst more recently is the change from the Helium. Helium used to have their own layer one blockchain, meaning they built the blockchain themselves and the settlement layer. And now they're switching to Solana. There's a lot of people out there who are Solana haters and uh, I think have some vendetta against Solana. They're very pro Ethereum. They're for whatever reason, they'll say it's not a stable blockchain. It's centralized, et cetera, et cetera. That's a different discussion of whether Solana is how it compares to Ethereum. But as it pertains to Helium, like it doesn't really affect, that's not a reason to sell Helium in my opinion. If anything, A, it's going to make Helium more stable. The, the core development team now no longer has to work on, they no longer have to work on like building out this layer one blockchain. They can outsource that to the Solana team who does a really great job with that. And then also like in the event, the way that it works, people might not fully understand, but Amir, the CEO of Nova Labs, which built Helium set like, had a tweet thread yesterday that like clarifying about how it works and like it's even if the Solana blockchain did go down Helium wouldn't go down it would just settle once the blockchain goes back up and if for some reason Solana like really didn't didn't work and like completely went out of business then Helium could just go to another blockchain like they're going to Solana now they could just go to another option so to me like it 
it's just infrastructure that there's no reason for them to build so they can focus on building out the things that are important to them. So anyway, I, that's like the three things that I can see of why people are selling it on top of it just being a bear market right now and everything going down, but it's been going down more than the average recently. So I think people are selling for those reasons. And then let me know what you think. But th that's my thought process of why I think like it's being oversold and there's an opportunity to buy. So that's my thought process. Yeah, no, I hear where you're coming from. You clearly have a lot of conviction for this. And it's my largest holding too. So I'm very biased into saying, I think it's going to go up. That being said, I'm just trying to ask questions to make sure I understand this fully. Yeah. And either poke holes or strengthen my conviction in it. I guess what's most important to me about the investment would be, and, and for all these investments is, what is the upside? And then what is the probability that I think they can achieve the upside? And mm. in this case, the biggest thing I can imagine happening is that they actually build out this 5G network, in which case, I guess I'm trying to figure out how big is opportunity for building a 5G network? Is that the maximum opportunity they can go after? Or is there anything else that they could do with it once they have a network set up? And ways that I would think about valuing that could be like, how much is Verizon or Comcast worth? I would guess like $100 billion, $50 billion, I don't know. I think between um, 50 and 200 billion or something, yeah. Yeah, and it's not a winner take all market because there is Verizon Comcast is what is the likelihood I think they actually could build that out? It seems like they're doing it, but what would be involved in actually getting that 5G network realized? Like you were talking about partnering with a Verizon or Comcast. Why would they partner instead of just launching their own data network or data coverage plan? So they, they can do that in the future if they want. The reason for partnering is because it's a way to, it's a win-win for both sides. Like, it's something that the networks want. They already do partner with and offload data onto third-party data providers. And Helium will get usage on the network immediately. So that's why, mm -hmm. they, that's why they, they would do that. And if they, in the future, they could always, people could put a SIM card in their phone and just use the Helium network potentially. But as far as I'm aware, but they, yeah. The re, I don't yeah. know why not start with that, but I, I think that's, so there's a pollen which is a competitor doing 5G de uh, decentralized wireless, that's what they do, that you can like directly use their network. Gotcha. And for Helium, I'm trying to think this through. I guess to your point, one of the big risks is that it's a two-sided marketplace and there's just a chance that they never really get the other side of the market there. Like they've proven they can get supply. It's yeah. not clear they can get demand. Have we talked about like parallels between crypto adoption and the early internet boom, like the, the dot-com bubble in the late nineties? I don't think so. Okay. Actually, I personally find it really fascinating because a lot of people compare the two and say, oh, they're like exactly the same. I actually think they're exactly opposite. So what I, if you look back at the dot-com bubble, the issue that was happening with a lot of the companies that existed, let's look at like pets.com where there are a lot of companies that existed at the time and now, and then failed, but ultimately are successful today. Pets.com and Chewy.com is now like a humongous company today. I don't think the issue at the end of the nineties was that there wasn't consumer demand for these products. It was that there wasn't really an infrastructure for people to be able to build on top of, to build these companies sustainably. There was no AWS at the time. There was no Shopify. There were the developer ecosystem around a lot of these products was not really that strong. Supply chain for a lot of these companies was just not very good. Now you fast forward and all these things are set up. And now you have almost the opposite issue where you have people building infrastructure, but no or very few consumer applications built on top of them. 
So it's almost the exact opposite issue where in the right. late 90s, you had all consumer apps, but no real infrastructure underneath it. Now you have all infrastructure and the hope is if we build it and someone's going to build on top of this. Yeah. And I think Helium is like the most logical piece of, aside from some of the DeFi apps, like some of the, it's maybe like the most logical infrastructure for if there is a 5G network that's built on top of this infrastructure, I can see that people will use it because likely when it gets built out, it's going to have better coverage than any other network, or at least like the way that networks are currently set up with towers, where there's like still spotty connections between, you would think that this would be a better and more reliable service. I still have some questions about, does this need to be crypto enabled? But I think like probably it, it seems worthwhile that just doing the expected value calculation on, okay, how big could this be if it ultimately takes off? And what's the probability that it gets there? It seems like there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. what that expected value is and what it's currently valued at today. Which at four dollars, what's the market cap? Like a billion, not even. Let's see. The price is now three dollars and forty-two cents. The market cap is yeah, it's only five hundred million at and the fully diluted is seven hundred and sixty-three million, but it's under a billion. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, Comcast is and, worth 150 billion dollars. I just looked it up. And he, so helium when it was fifty-five was so it was around seven or eight billion. It got up to seven or eight billion. Yeah. I to me, I think the reason I'm getting more interested in it now is that it's gone down so much that the prices are starting to get really interesting. Where the even though I already own some helium, it it's okay, maybe I'll maybe if I still have conviction on it, then it might be worth it to to invest a little bit more. I, I don't want to go crazy because I like it's one, I don't, you don't want to, I don't know, there's one hand on, you don't want to go all in on one thing. And I think it's good to diversify. But anyway, that's what I'm thinking about with Helium. But yeah. No, I like it. I think, I think the risk reward is still there. Yeah. I think so too. Like even just doing very simple math, like if it's at 500 million today, that's the market cap. And Comcast is an $150 billion market cap. That kind of implies that there's like a third of a percent. So 0.33% chance that it could be as big as Comcast. That's like the expected value of it currently today. I think maybe there's like a two or 3% chance that it could be Comcast, maybe even probably higher. So maybe you're saying like, okay, I think the expected value of this company should be really like three times what it is today, maybe even like 15 times what it is today. I think it's reasonable to expect that. Yeah. I think it's just interesting, like investing, thinking about it, like philosophically, it's okay. Think about Amazon back in 2004, right? Like there, there were people out there who had a lot of conviction that it would turn into what it is today, but it was not obvious at all, right? Otherwise, everyone would have invested in it. And it's just interesting to think about th- that kind of thing and look at where you are today with companies. Like, okay, you really have to form conviction around where it might be in 10 years and look into the future there and be like, okay, looking back, are we going to, could have we seen it or could have we not seen it? But it's just interesting. Think about the big obvious companies today, which were not obvious. They weren't obvious 10 years ago. It's just interesting philosophical like thoughts around investing. Oh, totally. And this is also another lot term, but I think it's interesting. So maybe you'll find it interesting. I've been very into the strategy of daily fantasy football recently. And I promise there's an investment corollary, but in daily fantasy sports, the way that you get a payout is there's like a big prize for first place, big prize for second place. Like maybe you're, if you're in the top 10 out of the 2000 people that enter a tournament, there's like a big payout. And then otherwise you almost get nothing. You either get like your money back or, and and that's like an over-exaggeration, but that's it. And in a game like that, you're really incentivized to try and get the top, top percentage outcome. And so getting an above average team isn't important. It's not helpful if you're like above average because you don't make any money. 
you only really get money if you have these like crazy outcomes. And so what you're looking to do is try to do basically build like the most risk possible. So you'll do things like there's a very common strategy called stacking where you'll basically take a quarterback and a wide receiver and maybe even another player on the same team. And because, because their performances are all very correlated because the wide receiver has to catch passes from the quarterback, then like you're almost adding a ton of risks to your lineup which is a good thing in this case, because the more risk that you're adding to your lineup, the maybe the less likely it is that you're going to get an above average outcome, but it's very hard to get like the top, top percent outcome if you don't yeah. actually create that much risk. Here, we don't really need that. If you're trying to be the best investor in the world, huh. yeah, you need to figure out a portfolio where you're going to do that. You need to find the company that's Amazon that's going to like however many X since it's IPO and like yeah. go up humongously in value. And of course, like you would love to do that too, but we don't necessarily have to. <laughs> Like we, we could just find companies that go up in value. Yeah. Uh, even that's really hard, but doing even what you said is really hard too, where you're making these venture capital style bets of, okay, if this company really fulfills its potential and like Amazon has all these little building blocks I could play with, what could they possibly go into otherwise? And yeah, I don't know. It's hard. And go ahead. No, go ahead. No, that's it. I, no, I agree with you. One, one. One that I think would be interesting to talk about is Shopify because I bought it a long time ago. I, yeah, you were early. Everyone I should have sold, but I think I'm wondering if I want to think about this is homework I need to do. Of Does it still make sense to own? Is there still as much upside as there used to be? Like, I think the things that I, the questions that I would have about it are like, A, are there more competitors that are very strong that make it not as much of a no-brainer to use Shopify as, as in the past? Is it harder to have a profitable Shopify store because Facebook advertising is less effective because of Apple, things like that? Is that a trend that's going to make it harder just to have a profitable Shopify store in general? So those are questions that I have. Is it, is to me, like, those are the biggest things. Is there anything I'm missing that you can think of with Shopify that would be like, okay, it might not be as successful in, in the long run? I feel like there's one other tailwind that I've heard about where I don't do anything D2C, but I feel like there's been a narrative building recently that D2C is dead, or at least it's very hard to build a D2C business that actually thrives. And so if you're thinking about, I think everything you said is probably right too. And some of the ways I was thinking about valuing it and seeing, okay, could I talk myself into a case where it's undervalued or significantly Because the, the value, like the price is pretty low right now. This like a lot of- Yeah, it's like a $40 billion market cap. I guess if you looked at what is the value of Amazon's retail business and could a decentralized version of that, like a Shopify, where it's just like a platform enabling other sellers, is that could that be bigger? But then you start to introduce some of the other things you mentioned, which are like advertising is really hard outside of Amazon. Amazon now has its own advertising platform. Is that a more appealing platform for sellers to be able to just go straight, straight to Amazon? Man. <laughs> but I guess you could also, I mean, I guess the other like positive one would be would you bet on Toby? And do you think that he has another act in him? And do you think that the team is strong enough where they could come out of this? Because they clearly see all these things. Like they've been faced with the same issues for the past year and right. a half. And like, I'm that's, sure they're that's figuring a good, way that's out That's a good it. point about Shopify. It's, I think I've always loved the management team and the question, like, okay, they're go. it's not easy for them right now, but they are a really good team that it's not like e-commerce is, like e-commerce is still gr growing. They're still... A relatively, it's not even close to the majority of retail sales is e-commerce right now still, which mm -hmm. is a great tailwind for Amazon, but also you would think it's still going to be a tailwind for Shopify. Uh, yeah. 
like yeah. things that they could probably do. Could they come out with their own advertising solution given that Apple is cutting off access to, and like Facebook is not as strong of a platform. They're collecting data about users across all these different Shopify apps. Could they take that data and build a stronger advertising product for that? I'm sure these are things that they're working on. I, I guess at the end of the day, like my conviction would be, do I believe in Toby? And I do. And yeah. do I think that it's undervalued? I do. It's over 5X below. It's high from last yeah. November. Has anything changed since last November that makes me believe the company is worth 80% less than what it was at the peak? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. I think I still feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if it's a company I will personally invest in just because I'm not as connected to it, but do I think it'll probably go up in value from here? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you, like it does seem like this thing where so many tech stocks it's almost like you probably could throw darts at a board right now with these tech stocks. And I would imagine in two years, you would be up a good amount just because of how far they're down. Yeah, totally. I also, oh man, I'm not really sold on this advertising product. Like I wouldn't be shocked at all if in the next few months we hear a release for here's a way to target users. And we have all this data from all these different Shopify platforms and all these different accounts that people have from all these different sellers between Alberts, Bigs, like all these companies. And we're just going to help you really directly target specific users through our platform. I wouldn't mm. be shocked at all if they so, announced that. So it could be something where stores could opt in to share their data, basically. And then it would allow, like, an Allbirds, you to more easily target, like, a re- customers who are buying related things. Where would, how would the data, what platform would you be advertising on? I could see Shopify coming out with a bigger store where you could like aggregate oh. brands on this one store uh, or this one storefront. Like you go to Amazon, you have all these different products you it, can shop for at once. They but do have the they do have the shop app actually, which is cool. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah it, I think it would be smart for them to have something like that. I I wonder if they are thinking about doing something like that, and if it would be if there's enough, if it would be successful. That's another interesting one, but. The shop yeah. might not already have this data because they have all your accounts. So they like know what sort of shop at. Yeah, they know. Because I have my shop profile. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really interesting, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of in on Shopify now. I like that one. <laughs> all right. I, just you because I want you more? to give you. Yeah. Just because I want you to give me your. Oh, okay. This is why I hate meta speech. I might be in on meta. And, and it's basically the same calculus I've been doing this entire time. I'll just heat up my. Pitch yeah. and then you can okay. you can absolutely shoot Facebook down as hard as you want to. I have an open um, it's <laughs> I see you like preparing your speech. You're like going to your speech writers, you're like, all right, guys, <laughs> it's kind of the same calculus I've been doing. It's now that we've done the VR and AR episodes, I'm actually very bullish on VR. And I think that it's likely something that is going to take off. And so the question in my mind is how big could the metaverse or VR be if it ultimately reaches its peak? And what percentage of that pie do I think Facebook's going to own? Because I do think that they're going to be a major player in it. And my reason for thinking that is they've been living and breathing in this world for eight years. Mark Zuckerberg, we both listened to the Joe Rogan episode. He's clearly been spending so much time just trying to much money, trying to make VR a thing. And even if there's a small percentage chance that it actually happens, I think Facebook could be like a $5 trillion business if they actually hit on this VR bet. And I think that the actual likelihood, the, the expected value of them actually achieving that is above what their current market cap is. 
So that's my bet is in a world, it's like a VC style bet on could Facebook actually pull off their VR vision? The question I have is like, where does 5 trillion come from? Like, why not 2 trillion? Why not 10 trillion? It's very arbitrary. It is very arbitrary. Yeah. It, yeah, there's <laughs> it's like certainly arbitrary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess basically if VR, like the rough area I got it from is if VR ends up being the next big compute platform, Sure. You look at some of the current very large companies today oh. on the current stack. It's like Amazon's a $2 trillion company. Apple's a $2.5 trillion company. I don't think that it's inconceivable that Facebook could be at least as big as that. Yeah, I think that's fair. If you look at Apple, which is a hardware company, Facebook would be selling hardware, but also selling software. Y- yes. Here's, okay, I'm not, it's not definitely wrong. You could totally be right. I think, I think a couple of things. A, if I had to make a bet right now, who's going to win, Meta or Apple, I would go with Apple very strongly. I think unless they're to- Apple's become incompetent and everyone thinks they're going to come out with something really good, but it's not. I think that Apple's going to have something like an incredible product that's going to be more appealing to people. It doesn't mean both can't be really successful, but I think that's going to be tough. I think that in terms of buying the stock, do I want to own it today? I would say no, because I think that there's a lot of space for them to go down. I think their advertising numbers are going to go down. I think their usage is going to go down on Facebook, Instagram. The government's not letting them acquire anything to get out of it. And there's a lot of tailwinds there that I think they are going to struggle with. I think like they seem to be doing well with Instagram. If they didn't have Instagram right now, they would be in a very bad place. And I don't know that there's anything stopping people from going to another, like in the next generation of kids might not use Instagram as much, right? It, it's, I think that's very possible. Will, met, will VR come out with enough time to save them? And even if it, I get what you're saying. Look, even if it goes down, you're saying if VR works, it's gonna become a $5 trillion company and it doesn't matter if you buy now at 158 or if you buy at 100 or if you buy at 75 or if you buy at 200 it doesn't matter i think that yeah i guess the i'm also that's where i'm trying to set aside my like vendetta against facebook for being having the worst customer service i've ever dealt with in my life when my account got hacked like i literally had to contact the california attorney general to get my account back and there's anyway but to me like Besides the fact that I have a vendetta against this, against them because of that, like I'm telling you, I think that the way they manage their company is, I think it's really poorly managed from a consumer standpoint. And like, maybe that's, it's an overreaction to say the way that they deal with certain issues is the way that they're going to deal with other issues within the company. But I think that a company is a company and they, I think are, it makes me much more down on the fact that they're going to be like successful with a mass consumer product. Also, like people are going to choose Apple over Meta, like from a brand standpoint, like they they don't have a lot of trust. So I don't know. That's why I don't know. I even with Apple at a two and a half trillion dollar market cap, I might prefer to buy Apple over over Meta. Could Apple become a $10 trillion company if they win the VR platform? That also is probably possible. Either way, Facebook is still a $426 billion market cap. So the upside is going to be a lot higher in other investments anyway. I think it's pretty high risk. Yeah.
Yeah, I hear you. I'm actually thinking about Apple too for a simpler thesis. Facebook, I do think is better positioned for VR. I know Apple's coming out with their mixed reality headset soon. I think the bet for Facebook and just to put a potentially competing comment against your, I think they could go down in the near term. They're releasing their new VR headset in October. Yeah, it might be really cool. Yeah, if it's really cool. <laughs> and I think the narrative is going to shift really quickly to a ton of articles coming out saying, actually, is Facebook going to like win on this bet that they made? And is this right. $10 billion a year bet actually paying off? And you could totally yep. see those articles coming out and that rallying the stock. And the okay. amount of investment they're putting into their VR division relative to their ads division and their like core legacy product divisions makes me believe that they think that there's an even bigger potential for the VR platform than any advertising they could do on facebook.com, which is like, frankly, the only issue you have with them and, or like Instagram, which I guess is also a huge advertising platform, but I don't know. I just think that it's a potentially worthwhile bet to say if this totally takes off, which given all that they've invested is actually not totally unlikely. Could it go up a ton? I actually think it could. I think at the very least, they're a trillion dollar business if they actually, this bet paid off. And yeah. is Apple definitely going to beat them? They've always beaten. It, it's really hard to compete with Apple on consumer products, but Facebook's also been at this for eight years. And Oculus is, I think they've sold more Oculuses than the most recent Xboxes and Playstations. So they are pretty widely adopted and have like pretty good usage on them already. What's the percentage of people that use it versus bought it? That's a good question. That's a good, I don't know engagement numbers, but it's a good question. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. I guess I, the way I would, I look at it is I would just sit it out and wait, take a wait and see approach. But look, I hope they create awesome technology that is fun to use, but yeah, we'll see, man. You could totally be right though. Like it could become a $5 trillion company. If I feel like if Facebook is a $5 trillion company, the world is bad. Like we're in a dystopia. I think that everyone's in VR all the time. Like, that's not a, is that a, I just, I don't know. I also just don't, is that, am I right? Is it, or where, I don't think we'll be, I don't think it'll not? mean that we're in VR all the time. I think it'll yeah. mean that we probably replaced a lot of time that we currently spend on our phones with like being we, virtual we might reality. be in VR right now, like doing the podcast. Yeah, which is just like a more immersive experience and like a more connected experience and looking at a two-dimensional flat screen of each other. Like that I could totally see. Uh, it's just replacing time that we currently spend on phones or on Zoom with something that's a little bit more connective. I don't think that we would choose to be in VR with avatars versus doing the Zoom call. I don't know. I'm it's not, not necessarily going to be avatars though. There's no reason it has to be an avatar versus like a an actual projection yeah, of each of us. That's true. That's true. I'm not convinced that we would choose it over. Uh, definitely not with the hardware that we have that that they current the hardware is going to have to get literally 10 times better to even consider it i think lighter and i think that's a long way away but but yeah. if the question is are they going to be able to make the technology better i feel like every company every technological advancement ever has gotten better what if it takes 15 years to get to the point where it's like actually a pair of as comfortable as wearing a pair of glasses like that's a very long time yeah i don't know if it'll be 15 years i also don't know if it necessarily needs to be as comfortable as wearing a pair of glasses or people would be willing to put up with if there's like another way to make it more comfortable I'm sure they're working on all this stuff though. Yeah. Maybe it's five years away, three years. It's at least going to be a few years, five years before there's something that I think is significantly more comfortable than what they have now. Because if you think about like, they're coming out with one now, the year after that's probably not that different. The year after that's probably not all that different. Maybe the year after that, they're hoping it's going to be a lot better, but it'll take another year or two after that. So that's at least how I think about it. I'm not that knowledgeable yeah. about it though. So it's just my gut feelings. I guess we'll see in a month. I have a buddy who he worked on Oculus last summer and he said uh, that this is going to be a, like a 
an ultra premium device and it's gonna be really nice uh, they're selling this one for two thousand dollars right something like that yeah which is what it's apple's gonna, be, gonna do yeah exactly yeah i will be curious at you do you have an you have an oculus or you don't have one no i don't i kind of want to get one just so we can play ping pong i would play i would like to play ping pong yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get one we'll play ping pong you'll be back in <laughs> i don't know it's just a weird i'm telling you like I used to play ping pong on that thing and you take it off and you're just like, I should not be in there. Like it is so much. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if this is just me as like an older, like this is like the next generation of people who don't want to be on like their phone. Like people who like, just don't want to enjoy VR the way that like teenagers will. But I don't know. I just get the feeling. It's not something that people are going to want to spend a lot of time in. I haven't been, but maybe there's going to be a future version that's going to be so good that you don't get that feeling. So that's very possible. Yeah. All right, I'm hopeful for my investment's sake. Yeah. Are right, you want to hit some carve outs? Sure. What do you got? Ooh, okay. So one, just commenting on your last carve out, the Mark Zuckerberg episode, I thought was really good. I listened to him talk a few okay. times and he sounded like a robot. It was like he was in a lab with his PR team for a while and they were just like cooking up all the lines that he had to say. This was actually very personable and he came across as the most human I've actually heard him. It made me really appreciate Mark Zuckerberg. I just had this thought of what if he hired Nathan Fielder to do the rehearsal <laughs> with him? So he went through live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I could totally see that. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that he has his PR team that like is telling him to say things like, oh, I love doing things with people in person. And I don't know. I I'm just that was the line that got me the most. That was like clearly the most bullshit was that his like life's mission since he was 17 was to connect the world. I thought every other part of it was very personable. And actually I was commenting on how I, a year ago when he was on like Lex Friedman or whatever podcast he was on, he sounded very robotic and very impersonal and very like, he was just told to say these lines and he did. This time he actually sounded like a real person. Yeah, he is a real, he's just an awkward person. That's just who he is basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'll hit you with one more. I like very notoriously have not seen any movies. Like if you name a famous movie, I just haven't seen it. I knocked one off my list this weekend. I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off and it was absolutely A+. plus. Like maybe one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. It was so good. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, What do you got? Great movie. All right. Two. First, really enjoying, almost finished with the AWS acquired episode just there every time there's a new episode it's going to be an on our car routes because it's really good it's must listen it's just I mean, absolutely a plus related to the stock conversation like it they are convincing me to buy amazon i think not as something where i think it's going to 10x necessarily but it just seems like an investment that's going to keep growing and growing and i didn't quite realize the scale of how big aws is and it's really incredible that they have this second business which is bigger than like what Amazon is known for. It's pretty amazing. So it was a really good episode. Number two, a comedian that I really like, Sam Morrill. Oh, the stand-up a, special. He came out with a Netflix special. He made it to Netflix. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's cool. I yeah, watched that I last to watch night. That one too. And yeah, it was, it was really funny. So you haven't seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I queued it up because I saw that he was coming out with it. Dude, I love Sam Morrill. He's Did so you ever good. see him live? Yeah, we saw him live together. I actually saw him. Okay, yeah. He opened for Aziz Ansari. This was like four or five years ago. And I thought he was even better than Aziz. And I think Aziz is absolutely hilarious. So that was when I first saw him. He's so good. It's funny. When I first saw him, when I knew he was going to be huge, if only there was a way to somehow invest in. If he only had a token that I could have invested in. But Yeah, uh, I think we saw him for 10 bucks. 
Remember he was at the place yeah. like by our apartment? Yeah, yeah it was we super cheap. That. I remember. I mean, that was a few. I think he filled that room for sure. But yeah, that was uh, before COVID, though. It was like a while ago. Yeah, so he filled that room. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely gotten a lot more popular. since so that was before he released his YouTube special, which was like, yeah, he got millions of views on. But yeah, he's so good. Cool to see, see that he got on. I know, dude, yeah, we invested yeah, early. <laughs> that was cool. And those are good ones. All right, I'm going to go watch the same real special, too. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Good one, man. All right, I'm going to go research some stocks. Probably ape into some Facebook. Report back next week. Nice. Do some one wheeling. Do some one wheeling. Wheel around. Listen to a little AWS. Pretty good night. Yeah, sounds great. All right. I'll see you, dude. See ya. Bye.